Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Comic Vine Weekly Podcast for the week ending November 1st, 2013. This is insane. We are we're in November already. I I don't know how this happened. Um, got a little bit of bad news, sort of. As you can listen, get listen. Who is joining me on the show this week? That's right. It is just me. Yeah. But don't leave yet. Don't tune me out. Don't turn this off. Uh, so, okay, the reason why Corey has to open his store today. So it was his turn, you know, because this guy has got to sell comic books. That's important stuff, people. You know, people need their comics. If they don't not, if they don't read their comics, they're not going to know what to do. So he's, he's opening his store today. Then, actually... We are going to have the return of Jen, Miss J. She was going to to try skyping while she was driving to her 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 day job, her day job, as I I refer to it. And unfortunately, there's some signaling problems, stuff like that. So that did not happen. So it is just me. And rather than say, "Well, we just won't have a podcast this week," I I thought I would give you guys something, and hopefully. It will be almost everything you dreamed it would be. So it's just going to be me and all of you. So let me dim the lights a little. And here we go. Actually, so I I do want to apologize for last week, the lack of a weekly podcast. Last week, I like to blame Batman. It's Batman's fault. Because as you know, Batman Arkham Origins came out and... Uh, yeah, so I was supposed to get a review copy, which did not arrive until Friday morning. So I was I was hoping I was going to get it earlier to to dive into it more. But I basically spent Friday playing the game when it wasn't freezing, and yeah, and fighting Deathstroke and having fun with 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 that. So you you saw my impressions on on the game. Um, just going over it again. Yeah, I, I, it, it was it. Looking at the, the comments, some people are really passionate and defensive over the game. That is great, you know. If if you're really digging the game, you know, more power to you and all that. Uh, you know, WB Montreal, they they did do a, a good job. A great, you know, they basically they've captured the the Arkham feel. You know, it that's that's a good and a bad thing is. It is another Batman Arkham game. I mean, it feels just like it. Yes, there are some some new things added to it, but it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's it's the same thing. And that's kind of what you want with the game. Because when I had more time to play video games, <clears throat> and I remember like you know, like the Resident Evil games, you know, when you play a game, when you beat it, you know, yeah, you could always try to go back, and you know, some of the games would have you know reasons to go back. But it's like, you know, you do want more of the same thing. So when, when that next sequel comes out and, you know, there, there's a fresh polish on it, you know, there's a different story and, you know, other stuff. But it's the same basic idea and gameplay. You're like, cool. You know, you, you get into that. So that's what we have here. But you know, now that we're at the third game, and even though there's some, some minor um, new things added to it, it was pretty much the same thing. And 
more of the same is not a bad thing when it comes to the Arkham games because, you know, being able to play as Batman, being in, in Gotham, facing you know his villains, it's it's a cool thing. But it would have been nice to have something a little different. And there is also the, the problem with um, the, the glitches. You know, that, that got to be some frustration. So, you know... I, the, the couple, you know, the few glitches, and and you know, as I, I think I mentioned somewhere, uh, I, I've noticed like some other people have had have been vocal about you know having more freezes. So I I only had a few, you know, and yet are frustrating. And you know, the that's not enough to condemn a game. And I'm and no, at no point did I ever condemn it. You know, I said it was a fun game, and you know, I'm I'm saying it, it is good. You know, it's it's an Arkham game, just a little different. But having those those couple glitches, it's it was frustrating. Ideally, you know, the game could have been delayed a little bit, you know, so they they could work out, you know, the last remaining kinks in that. I but I do understand that, you know, with the a game like that, you know, at that level, you have to meet that deadline. And you know, when with other games coming out, and then you know, just around the corner, which is also crazy, we got the the next gen consoles coming out, and I still. Need to figure out what I'm going to get because for my PlayStation Four, because I'm I'm not going to get the Xbox right now. Um, we'll, we'll see if, if I break down and get one since I'm a sucker and even though even though I don't have time, I can't stay away from it. You know, I I try to find scraps of time when I can, and that's what I'll do with the, the PlayStation Four. But I, I got to figure out what what game I I want to try to fight to find time to, to play. So we'll see, but. That is it, you know, for the video game talk. Um, probably should actually talk about comic books. But that is why there was no podcast last week. And also, um, as far as the uh, Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast and stuff from this week, I want to apologize again for the audio. Uh, I normally, as you, you may know, I normally record those on Thursdays, but last Thursday, the guest I was supposed to have... Uh, you know, something came up last minute. It was like, you know, family stuff. So, I mean, nothing serious, thank goodness. But it, it just didn't work out. And I decided, well, okay, since I'm – rather than record a podcast by myself last week, which I'm doing right now, I was like, why don't I just – we'll just skip the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast stuff for, for a week. And then I was going to go home because I was like, okay, Batman is supposed to go to my house. So I was going to go home. And start playing, but of course he didn't come until Friday, or it didn't come till Friday. And then Matt, <laughs> Matt and I tried recording one. Um, you know, we, we we're both basically skyping, and you know, wasn't in the studio getting this this great quality. You know, with all these insane. Um, there's so much stuff in here, which I, you know, I could tell you more about that, but I don't know how interesting that would be. Um, but yeah, so when we were recording it, everything sounded fine. And, you know, Matt actually recorded it and, you know, his one computer w- was down. Everything sounded fine. You know, we, we did a playback. It sounded all good, but then something happened because technology and the audio just, you know, th- didn't come out so great. So sorry about that. But, you know, at least there was one, you know, so that's always the thing. It's like, you know, is, is something better than, uh, than nothing. You know, I, I wish the, the, it would have worked out better, but that's just how it goes. And, you know, we, we did do it. So there's that. But let's 
let's talk about com- let me talk about comics since you guys you know you, you feel free to talk back into you know your computer your headphone your whatever you're you're listening on um and uh, yeah that that's a good point right there you know yeah i should get to that mhm so uh why not you know this this week was crazy it's like i'm i'm looking at the stack here it doesn't seem as as big of a stack as normal but there were some really great gems that just really stood out. I mean, it's crazy. Like some, just a few, just like, whew, you know, crazy, crazy books just snuck in. And, you know, that's what happens when it's like the, the fifth week. And so it is just, just some, let's get to it. <laughs> Since I'm stumbling over my words, I'm trying to, it's, it's also really, I'm recording this earlier in the morning too. So I'm, I'm still, I haven't had a chance to finish my coffee. Poor me, right? Okay, X Men: Battle of the Atom. Um, I'm I'm a a fan of of Bendis's X Men. I like that. I know some people don't like his X Men. I know some people don't like him. I don't understand that. I don't have a problem. If you don't like it, that's fine. You know, everyone has their own opinion. Um, it it is a little little not necessarily bothersome, but you know, like like the the, the preview for all new X Men nineteen went up, and you know, right away there, you know, people hating on it. And you know it, it it's it's fine not to like it, but I guess I just don't understand the need to just so verbally like I don't like this and this sucks and it you know it's just I, I I guess if if you know if I don't like something I don't go out of my way to state that opinion to proclaim to the world I do not like this you know, I I just I don't see see how that's beneficial and it's it's just. You know, seeing all the negativity and, you know, I, I don't know, it, it just, it, it kind of gets me down sometimes, you know, let, let, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> so some people don't like it, but obviously there are a lot, I would say there's probably more people that do like it, you know, because it is selling, people are buying it. And, you know, there's a reason why Marvel is putting him on, you know, this book and Uncanny or, you know, all new X-Men and Uncanny. So I'm, I'm digging it. You know, I, I love the concept of the original X-Men in the present. And, you know, it's, we've, we've had some, some monkey wrenches thrown into the, the mix or whatever. I'm mixing up my metaphors maybe. So as far as this event goes, you know, I, I, I'm not going to proclaim that I absolutely love the whole thing. And, and I'm also not going to just say that I hate stuff, but you know, so I did enjoy it for the most part. I was so fascinated seeing these different versions. You know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for alternate future, you know, alternate reality versions of, of characters. And I love the little bits and, you know, Bendis did a lot of it, but you know, he was the only one where you get these little teases like, Oh, there was a battle of this or this happened. And that, you know, so it's like, you want to know more about this future. That's never going to happen. You know, we're never going to get there obviously, but you know, you just, just the idea of, of all this stuff. And it's like, could, could things have happened? Maybe, you know, someday we would get a, a mini series or some other, ser- you know, that would, would delve into that future or the history of the future, if that makes sense. I, I don't see that happening. But having the, the future X-Men, the future Brotherhood, you know, all these characters that, that have been created and spoiler, not all of them went back. Let's just say, you know. So there is potential for them to return, for, for them to be fleshed out more. But for all that introduction, it's like, why not have more of them? You know, and we could have another series, and then you know, people that want to know can read it. The other people who, 
who hate it. They don't have to read it. Um, so I'd, I'd be curious to see see more of that. My problem w- with this arc, you know, so it was, it was ten parts. At point, some points, it felt like it was it was a little long. I loved and didn't like <laughs> the fact that it branched off into the different books. Um, the The good thing about it is it allowed us to get the each chapter on a, on a weekly basis. So we didn't have to wait a month or, you know, to, to get the next part. So we got it, you know, pretty, pretty quickly, which was cool. The problem is, you know, each writer, you know, cause we had Bendis, Brian, Michael Bendis, we had Jason Aaron, we had Brian Wood. Um, they kind of have different voices. So like Brian Wood's X-Men is great. Jason Aaron's Wolverine X-Men, you know, I'm, I'm digging that. But when, when you, you get like one writer writing, characters that are from another writer's book sometimes you kind of feel that it it, it felt off a little bit so you know they didn't quite have the same voice even though you know they're all working on this overall arc the other thing for being 10 parts it felt like some some parts of it could have been trimmed down a bit even though i want to know more about these characters there is there is parts you know so I know I'm kind of contradicting myself but there is parts where it felt like it was just kind of dragging on a bit you know we're getting some conversations or some you know information about that but it wasn't really adding to the the whole overall story and we are left with with some changes at the end you know there there's some some things that happen and it almost felt like we had we got we saw a bunch of different things just to get to that that outcome, which is fine, but there's just some things just like you know, do we really need all of this? And in I don't I don't maybe I'm just being too critical myself on this. You know, it was a fun ride, and I'm not saying I wanted would want to just jump straight to the end to you know find out what happens. So I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely will check it out again. Um, yeah, I may get it. And, you know, when the hardcover comes out, I'm assuming it'll be hardcover just to see how it reads all at once. Uh, so crazy ending. It, um, I, I can't say I'm 100% thrilled with the what happens in the, the fourth and final epilogue. But I am deeply intrigued with, with where it's going to go, with, with what they're going to do. So with that, I, I'm not one of those, you know, it, it, just like how a lot of people don't like Superior Spider-Man. And, you know, we'll get to that issue in just a bit. Obviously, I would absolutely want you know Peter Parker back. I am loving this, this just to see where this is going to go because I know it's not going to last forever. And like with what happens at the end of Battle of the Atom, I can't see that lasting forever either. But this is a way for us to explore the possibilities of you know where this is going to go. What are going to be the repercussions? So my advice, to people, and you know whether you want to listen to or not, or maybe the, the people who should listen or aren't listening right now, you know, if, if something crazy happens, it's, it's comic books. Come on. You know, if, if we think about it, if you look at all the crazy things that have happened so many times, something that we would feel is just absurd. And, you know, eventually things work, work themselves out. And we, you know, we, 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 we do have the right to get upset, especially if it's characters that we really like, but it's not our call is what it, what it comes down to. You know, we're, we're not running the show with, with the characters, you know, all we can do is, and you know, complaining on message boards, that's not going to do any good. You know, it, it's possible. Some of the creators are looking 
at the message boards and you know maybe they'll see a collective outrage with that but you know the bigger thing is just don't buy the book and i know that that, that may be hard you know if if you're really digging spider-man and you want your spider-man fix but you know if if you are in a firm position where you do not want to support it don't buy the book that that's going to speak louder louder than you know, jumping on message boards and saying how much you hate it and all that. And, and you, know, and if you're not reading it, you kind of don't have, you can't really justifiably say you don't like it. If you're not checking it out, if you are checking it out, then yeah, you can say it's not working for you. But if you, if you decide to stop, you, you kind of don't know what's happening. If it's, you know, if cool things are still going on. So when I got to get off this, this soapbox or whatever, but if, if you, you don't, like a direction chances are you know things are going to evolve because we can't have the same exact story over and over again for years and years and years so sometimes things need to get shaken up you know crazy stuff needs to happen so we get you know more story um possibilities otherwise you know comics are gonna get really boring all right so battle the atom <laughs> i've only done one comic damien son of batman so this was written and drawn by andy kubert and, you know, we've all expressed some concern when an artist writes and draws a book that, you know, sometimes they're being spread a little, little too thin. And, you know, it, it's weird because you would think that, you know, if they're doing both, you know, if, if they have the, the, the story, the vision in their head, it's easier for them to convey it onto the paper rather than taking someone's script and then being limited to what their, you know, their direction, unless it's, it's, you know, more free flowing script. But, you know, I this this was good. Um, I gave it a four. You know, it I, I can't say it was perfect. I I love the idea of exploring you know older future Damien. Uh, I think one of my my biggest concerns or, or problems with it is I really wish this came out earlier. Well, you know, before spoiler Damien died. Um, now I didn't really dive into this so much because I didn't want to harp on this in, in a review. So, you know, whatever, I don't know when this was started. If, you know, that was an, an, a reason why, you know, maybe it should have come out earlier, maybe whatever. Uh, it, Cause it seems weird that they would say, Oh, we're going to kill off Damien, but let's give them this alternate story that takes place in Damien's future, even though he's dead because people are going to want to read Damien because they love Damien. You know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the decision that, you know, it was decided to kill him and then they decided to do this well, whatever. I don't really care about that. Um, and as far as the fact that Damien's in here, Talia's in here, you know, it is still pot. I wouldn't completely 100% rule out that this could never happen because again, we're talking comic books. So it is possible, you know, does anyone really think that Damien is truly, 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 dead forever and ever. I mean, as, as much as we do not like the cheap deaths, the stunts, the, the resurrections. And then when he come back, I, I think it, you know, we're, we're willing to accept that if it means a character that we really like does come back and then you'd be like, okay, fine. You know, that, that we had to deal with all that. It's just another thing, you, you know. You get over it. It was a, a plot device. It served its purpose. It told a story. We we got all the aftermath. But yeah, I would not have a problem with Damien coming back, and you know the same thing with, with Talia. So it's possible since we're talking comic books that they could come back. 
and this could still eventually happen. Now, obviously, is this ever going to happen? No. You know, Batman is not going to die, and then we're not going to have Damien take over. You know, we're we're not going to see that in regular continuity because of the sliding time scale. You know, Batman's always going to be around. You know, so is this an alternate future? Probably, but it could still happen if we if Damien comes back. So it was it was is interesting to see the reaction. The other thing that I would have liked to have seen more. So let's just say that things start to get a little violent. Um, I'm I'm just curious, like where where's the the other members of the Bat Family? You know, there is. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much, but there is a funeral scene where you know we we get a glimpse of some other people there. Um, but it just seems weird. It's you know because again. It's not a spoiler, but Batman's gone. So it's just Alfred and, and Damien. You know, where's where's Dick? Where's Tim? Where's, you know, no one's going to say, hey, Damien, how you doing? You know, you, you need someone to talk to. You know, yeah, Bruce was your dad. He was kind of like a dad to me, too. You know, you want to talk? You want to hang out? You want to play some video games? So. And, and I just think that with, with things getting really violent. That someone would be like, "Hey, what's what's going on here?" So, but the crazy ending, love the art. I I'm definitely on board with this. So I I, I did dig that. Uh, another issue series uh, number one that was crazy good was the Sandman Overture number one. Oh my goodness, this made me um, realize how much I've missed the Sandman. Uh, I haven't read the Sandman probably since it ended. It's it's like one of those things where I kind of don't want to go back because I'm afraid that it's going to feel outdated or it you know it's not going to be as good as I remember it. I mean I'm sure it will be because it's it's you know it is good stuff, but um you know it's it's got to feel a little dated at least with the art or the colors you know with with the, the with the printing process they used back then. Um, but reading this. And, and you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. When they first announced it, that Sandman was coming back, I was like, "This is great!" But and and I I talked about this on on the other podcast. I totally forgot that um, the other character's name was Daniel. And I'm thank thank you for not jumping in the comments and saying, "Oh, it's it's Daniel Tony." How'd you cook? Do you not remember that? Because you know what you guys got to remember. A lot of times when we're recording the podcast, we're kind of put on the spot. We do not like plan anything out which i'm sure you can tell that you know this is not scripted we don't take notes we don't set things up uh so a lot of times when you're in the middle of a conversation you do just kind of blank out and then usually what happens either later in the podcast when it and it doesn't really make sense to bring it up or you know as soon as you hit stop or later on and you're like oh duh you know that happened and of course we can all you know if, if it's something we don't know we can all just Google just like everyone else and, you know, get that answer. But, um, so yeah, Sandman overture. Um, this was great. So when, when they first announced it, it was going to be a prequel. I was just like, ah, oh, that's, mm, you know, is that really necessary? That's, you know, that's kind of cheap. It's like, we know where it's going to go. It's just going to, you know, nothing really drastic can happen because we know how it's going to end. Um, but it, it, it did make sense because if you ever read Sandman, you know, the, the first, I think it was eight issues was was the first arc, maybe seven issues. I think eighth issues when death was introduced, um, death of the endless. But it starts off. This isn't a spoiler, um, since it's so old. Like was it twenty five years? 
you know, Sandman is captured. Someone has captured Sandman. You know, he's the dream. You know, he is dream. And, and, you know, it's, it's all about him like escaping, whatever, but it's like, how the heck did someone capture him? You know, what, what happened? What, what brought this on? That's may, I, I believe mainly what this, this miniseries will, will deal with and just seeing it. And holy crap, J.H. Williams, the third, his art. Oh my God. It's just, it's amazing. And just the, the detail he puts in, it is so phenomenal. And I, I'm going to stop right there. I don't, I don't want to just sit here and gush and, and go on and on about this. But, I mean, it, it was great. And there's a lot of, like, familiar characters. And, like, there's one in particular, let's just say with, with the, the teeth. When, I, when he first came on, on, I was like, is that him? And then it was. And I was like, yeah. So it, it, was, it was just really fun being brought back to all that and – and it, it's like it, it didn't, um, you know, miss a beat. It's it's like we're back. We're seeing that. And, you know, I love it. I do not love the fact that it's bi-monthly. So that means, you know, we have to wait until December for issue two. I do believe, and, you know, I could. this is a point where I could look it up, but I'm pretty sure that, like, in the off months, there's going to be, like, uh, like, some sort of supplemental. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily going to be, uh, like, a director's cut. But there, I know there's going to be something coming out on the, the, the other the months that it doesn't come out. So we'll still get something. It just won't be this. So it's unfortunate that we're on the schedule. If it's a matter of J.H. Williams, you know, for him to do that art, hey, I mean, for as good as it looks, it'll be worth the wait. Um, you could say, well, you know, maybe they should just wait until it was all done and then put out monthly. Yeah, but whatever, you know, uh, do you really want to wait? You know, four more months to read the first issue, or you know, can you wait an extra month, you know, to get the second issue? So, it's just amazing stuff. Gorgeous book, great story. I'm uh, so fascinated with that. Uh, let's see. Um, just going through the pile, I have Avengers AI. I'm I'm really digging this. Um, you know, Sam Humphries is is taking all these robotic, if you want to call them, um, Avengers. You know, Hank Pym's here. But again, the, the character that stands out is the Doombot. Hank, in case you're not reading Avengers AI, you, know, you should check it out. Um, you know, Vision's in here. Um, Victor Victor Mancha, is that his name? From uh, Runaways is in here. But they have a Doombot. And the great thing about it is, so they, they put, like, Hank put a miniature, like, black hole in his chest. And basically, he's 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 telling the Doombots, like, you have to do what I say or we're going to unleash it on you and you're going to be like destroyed. So this doom bot pretty much hates everyone. You know, it's, it's a doom bot hates everyone. It's not happy to be there. It's he's forced. He's enslaved free to doom bot. He's enslaved to, to do Hank's bidding, but he's just hilarious because he's so bitter. He's so angry, so arrogant. And it's, I I would if for nothing else I would get the series just for him. But you know, seeing the vision and then there's this um, new character. Her name's Alexis, and you know the, she was interested in the first issues. Like where'd she come from and all that. So it's it's really fascinating looking at at these characters, and I I really like the art. But Valerio Shitty Shit, um, it's just it's good stuff. It's it's a really fun book and. I, I like that it is separate from the other Avengers books because it, it's not 
there's just so much stuff going in in the Avengers. Um, it's it's like a breath of fresh air to, to get away from that. Uh, Swamp Thing Annual. So we didn't review this this week. But it's, it's, I mean, if you're reading Sandman, you need, this is a book you need to read because this is continuing the story with, you know, Sandman versus Cedar and, you know, being the avatar for the parliament and finding out more stuff about the history of, of the avatars and all that. So you're going to want to read this because this, this gives a lot more information. Alec talks to some of the other um, past avatars and you know, he doesn't necessarily like what he, what he hears. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how Charles soul is building this up because some, some big, big stuff happening here. And, you know, Alec finds out a little bit more about himself that he didn't quite realize. And so it's definitely, it's, it's not like an annual filler where it's like, okay, this is, this was a fun story, but you know, nothing, I, I can forget about it now. You know, you're, you're not going to want to miss that. We also have uh nightwing annual. So this is, is good because. All right. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. If you've read Forever Evil number one, you know some stuff's happening to Nightwing. I do not like where it's gonna go. This is something that that upsets me, but I haven't, you know, spouted all my anger for it. So one way that I look at this, this is a, one more story before Forever Evil is is a take place. So you know, we, we, seeing this, you know, it, it's important to see what, what's going to happen. And there, there's a little bit of closure. So, you know, Nightwing finished his, his first adventure in Chicago, you know, going looking for Tony Zuko and all that and Prankster. So he's basically tying up some loose ends. You know, he goes back to Gotham. You know, he's packing things up because he's going to stay in Chicago. He's, which is great. You know, he, he wants to do his own thing. You know, he doesn't want to be under Bruce's shadow. You know, there's still some, some tiny bit of resentment after, you know, death of the family. So, he, you know, he, this, that's where he wants to be. And he, he's talks to Barbara Gordon, who's dealing with her own things. You know, she thinks she killed her brother. Um, you know, James Gordon, the commissioner, thinks that too. So she's kind of had to give up being Batgirl because, you know, Batgirl is, is wanted for murder. And uh, there's kind of a mishap. Her boyfriend, which you know, I, I find, I mean, maybe I don't know. It's, it seems like he was barely her boyfriend. Like they only went out a couple times. You know, they hit it off well. You know, right away. But he, he, he's in a coma now, and it's because of her dad. Because there was a bad situation that her boyfriend got in, involved in. I think it was because of his brother. So there's, you know, there's all this stuff going on with, with Barbara. And what's great is it, it kind of touches on what is the status quo? What is the relationship? What is the history between Dick and Barbara? Because one of the problems with New 52, with this limited history and with the just the vagueness, you know, I know a lot of people are just like, you know, whatever, get over it. You know, we don't need to know everything that happened. But, you know, we, we kind of do need to know what, what happened because – we saw, you know, the five years ago and, you know, the zero issues and we're going to get the, the zero um, year stuff. And then, you know, it jumps to the present. We don't fully know how involved these two were. You know, we don't know where they and I, you know, did that scene where Barbara goes over to Dick's apartment and then, um, you know, the, the wedding singer scene. And then, you know, Starfire answers the door in his T-shirt 
Um, did that ever happen? We don't know. Um, did did Dick ever propose to her? You know, we we don't know the full extent of what happened between them. Them and so this kind of touches on, on the relationship. You know, will were they together? Will they ever be together? What's going to happen? So a lot of that is addressed here, and we we get a a, a good adventure here. What I liked about this is because it's an annual, it's oversized. We get to get the whole story here rather than being like a single, you know, issue self-contained story that you know a lot of times just feels too short. And we also don't have to wait, you know, a month to get to conclusion. So you get it all here. So it, it's important stuff. It's it's interesting. So if if you're digging Nightwing, you're gonna want to check this out to see what happens between the those two. Uh, here I have the Fox. So this is from Red Circle Comics, which is uh, an offshoot. You know, it's it's it's, it's a bunch of you know old characters. Um, it's, it's under put out through Archie. Um, so this is the the plot and the art is by Dean Haspiel, but Mark Wade does the script, and it has a really fun feel to it. You know, it, it definitely you know she wanted to check this out. Um, I have to admit, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to finish reading this. I started this, but you know, it definitely, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's something different. So, you know, you want to check that out. Um, it's two ninety nine. So for that first issue, uh, green lantern annual number two. So this is the finale of lights out. So the lanterns versus relic, what's going to happen. Some crazy stuff does happen here. Um, We'll just say one thing that we we've brought up on a podcast. Corey and I have talked about what's the deal with Carol Ferris and a certain other person. So that's kind of touched on here. Things get a little awkward. Um, you know what, what's going to be the fate of the lanterns? You know, Relic is saying by them using their powers, they're draining you know this this energy, this essence of the universe. They're destroying the universe because you know it's not an infinite source. Because, uh, you know, we're always under depression. It's like, you know, like with the lanterns, it's based on their will. So you can make whatever you can think of. But the question is, where is that energy coming from? Because, you know, they have to recharge your rings, you know, from their battery. And there's a central battery. Where where does it come from? You know, it, it's not just it's not coming out of thin air, even though that's what the constructs look like. So you have to wonder, you know, is, is there something to what Relic's saying? And so so definitely some things happen. Um if if you if you're reading Green Lantern any Green Lantern books, you know, you should have been reading Lights Out. You're gonna to want to see what happens here. So that was good stuff. Um crazy crazy battle. Um I I love I I almost put this in best stuff of the week, but I I, I didn't. There's a, a t- great two page spread when they're all when they all arrive and they're they're ready to, to take on Relic. I mean, it was just so much going on here. I mean uh, I like that. Um, Superior Spider-Man. So Black Cat's here. And I know some people were concerned with this is Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body. Is he going to hook up with Black Cat? So it's really interesting to see what happens there. But uh, more importantly, the opening pages, it, it re- goes back to Amazing Spider-Man 700. There's a little flashback to like the the death of Doc Ock's body and all that. So the fact that it's here, 
And it's like, why, why is Dan Slott bringing this up now? So, you know, and he doesn't do things without a reason. And, you know, it may not be obvious in this issue, may not be obvious in the next issue or two, you know, but it will come into play. Um, so you definitely want to want to, you know, if you are reading this, you're going to want to see what happens here. There's some stuff also with uh, Julia Carpenter because, you know, she knew she was going to go into coma, you know, and she, she I think that was in issue 698. So you definitely want to see what, what's going to happen here. And then there, there's also more development with Peter Parker and with the, the destruction or dismantlement of Horizon Labs. You know, what's he going to do next? You know, and there's stuff with Carly Cooper. So definitely things are continuing. Dan Slott's building things up. So you're going to want to check that out. Um, Itty Bitty Hellboy. Ah, man, this it's, it kind of breaks my heart. I love, I think you guys know, everyone knows. I love Art and Franco. It's just something about, about, Itty bitty Hellboy, and you know I really like the Hellboy universe. Um, it just this doesn't feel as funny as as their other stuff, and maybe the difference between like this and and Tiny Titans with oh, I'm so ecstatic that it's coming back. You know maybe it's that I'm not as invested in the Hellboy universe. You know I, I like I said I do like it, but it's like it's it's just I don't know. There's something is just not clicking with me. I, you know, I love the art. I love seeing these these characters. You know, they, they come in in great situations, but it, it almost it doesn't quite play out as as perfectly as like Tiny Titans or Superman Family Adventures did. So I don't know. I maybe something's just wrong with me. I don't think people would be surprised by that. Uh, Scarlet Spider. So sadly, this is coming to an end um, soon. Very soon. So we have Kane versus Craven Hunter. What's going to happen? Who's going to survive? Will there be any deaths? You're going to want to check this out. Nice battle here. Lots of fighting. Um, And a big ending. It's like, dun, dun, dun. What's going to happen next? Uh, Let's see. Teen Titans Annual. I didn't get a chance to read all this. Um. Yeah, um, I have to check that out. Wait, did I just see a green Beast Boy? I thought he was red. He's green. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little behind in Teen Titans. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna try to go through some of these. Um, Infinity and Avengers. So, where's my Avengers at? Somewhere here. Infinity number five came out. Um, I don't know what 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 my problem is with this. I, I you know. Honestly, I don't think I read issue four because I think that came out. Did that come out during New York Comic Con? Um, I I don't know. Something is with that is just not clicking with me, and I I I I think I just need to read that and trade, even though I'm getting the issues. It feels like it's it's all over, and and part of it, you know, with with all the tie-ins, and you know, yeah, you don't need to read all the tie-ins, but you know, a lot of times, I believe this week you were supposed to read. Avengers first. I think that's what Jonathan Hickman tweeted. So it's just like, where do you go? What's the reading order and all that? And, and yeah, that's stuff that you can easily find online, but I, I, I just got to like sit down and dive in and maybe, you know, just start over. Cause so many characters in here that I like, but I don't know what it, what, what my problem is. So it's kind of, it's almost like annihilation again for me. 
because, you know, I, I love sci-fi, I love comics, you know, combining the two, but there is something that, that kind of just was like a barrier for me. And, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't read it all right away. You know, I started reading it, then I just kind of paused and then I just, you know, jumped in and, and caught up. So I think I got to do that again. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So you got Francesco Francavilla, gorgeous art in there. Kick-Ass 3, number 4 came out. Um, so some crazy things happen here. Uh, Punisher, Trial of the Punisher, number 2. Check this out. I mean, it's just two issue series, but you know, Mark Guggenheim, you know, he he does some interesting things there. Uncanny X Force. Um, this this was really cool. Uh, Forever Evil Argus. See, you're on a, um, you know, at first I, I wonder, it's like, do we really need this book? And I, I think I don't know if I touched on it on the on uh, the Supermassive podcast this week, but you know, it does kind of make sense <clears throat> because if if the heroes are gone and if you know, all the villains are taken over, then it does kind of make sense. What are the people going to do? So, you know, we see, you know, Argus is supposed to be, you know, the, like the big, they're like basically shield in the DC universe, you know, the big government agency. So it makes sense that they might try to, you know, step up and do something, you know, take on the bad guys. So, you know, we, we do see that, um, Kiss Kids, this is number three. I don't know if I've read number two of this. Um, Powerpuff Girls. Um, I wasn't a big Powerpuff Girls fan. You know, not not that I didn't like it. I just didn't watch it. So um, I've been getting the comics because you know, it's something that I've always meant to, to check out. So I, I gotta I gotta watch some of those. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So twenty seven came out. Um, do I have the micro series? I don't know if I have that here. Um, I, I don't have the Aquaman annual here either. I think I left that downstairs. Um, action comics annual. Um, you got GI Joe. Here's Avengers. Um, there's something else that came out. Um, oh, all new X-Men or all new Spider-Man. And anyways, let's, let's just move on. Um, maybe do, do some questions since we were a little behind on that. Um, I don't want to see, but also I don't want to take on too many questions since it's just me and, you know, I'm sure you guys want to hear, you know, the response from other people as well. So I'll kind of like pick and choose some of these, but, um, Brent Clark says, if you're only able to read a small, a small handful of titles each month and relax. I'm not asking for top five. Um, given these options, would you prefer all your titles being a shared universe such as Marvel or for them to be creator owned in separate universes such as image? Uh, see, like, again, this is a good question to get, you know, feedback from other people. Um, see a small handful of titles. It, it's it's kind of hard to say. It would be nice if they were separate because, like, let's say you could only read five comics. And if you're reading – let's say you're only reading, like, two DC comics or something like that. And then there's, like, some big crazy events and then your characters going to be pulled into that. And it's like you're not going to be able to read those other issues or you're going to be wondering, wait, why is this character now suddenly, you know, wearing a cape when they never had a cape before um, and is – 
a result of this big epic story, the 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 wearing of the cape, part five. So you know, it, if they're not in a shared universe, it would be easier just to follow along. Like if you're just reading Saga, you don't need to worry about you know other books. If you're reading Walking Dead, you don't need to worry about you know what's happening elsewhere. So it would be nice, but at the same time, you know, I I'm I'm thankful I don't have to limit what I read to you know such a small number. So it it would just it would depend. But then if also if you're like let's say you know you want to read something like Justice League because then you know you're getting a good mix of several different characters heroes. So you're you're getting a feel, and you know you may not know exactly what's happening in in the, the characters' individual books. But you know, bits of it will come in, so you you may miss out on that, but you'll get an idea. So you'll you'll still kind of know what's happening. So it would really depend on on the character, and I guess it would depend on the book. Because you know, if if you're going to say, well, I want to read something Batman, you know, yeah, you would read Batman. But it's like, do you read any other Batman's? You read Detective? You know, can you not read some of the other ones? So it would be hard if it's a character you really dig. And you're not reading everything that they appear in. So, um, you mentioned a couple times you occasionally purchase Comixology. When you read them that way, do you use a guided viewing? Personally, I'm not a fan of that, but I get the impression from various message boards that I may be in the minority on that. I do like it. Um, strangely, I find that I don't always use it. <clears throat> and I think part of it is when, when I am reading, if like I'm on a ferry or something, I kind of like to know, you know, how, how far am I, I, I I don't like not finishing a comic. Like if, if I get like three fourths of the way, it's like, Oh, I got to get up. I can't, you know, I can't finish this right now. So with, with the, the guided viewing, you're not quite sure how far into the story you are because you're going panel by panel. And, you know, depending on the page, if a page has six panels or two panels or one, you know, if it's like a splash page or something, you don't quite get the idea. So reading it page by page, you kind of get an idea. You know where you're at. I do really like the the guided viewing because, I mean, how many times have you turned a page and then your eye just kind of immediately goes to like the bottom of the second page and then you see, oh, this character just walked into the room. And so you, you kind of know where it's going to happen or someone's about to reveal, you know, some some you know, who, who they are. And then you see that there. So with the, the guided viewing, it, it, it helps prevent, you know, minor spoilers, you know, stuff that what's going to happen in the next scene or the next moment. So, but I don't always do it that way. I mean, I don't need it. It's not like an essential thing for the digital comics, but it's also nice because it, it really blows up that, that image. So, you know, a little tiny, um, panel, you know, and if you're reading on a, on a big device like an iPad, you know you get to see it easier. Or even if you're reading on a phone, I, I know some people don't like that. I've read comics on phones before. Like if <laughs> um, there's been time, I know there's one time when um, Batman Beyond came out, a 2.0, and I I couldn't get it to look for some reason. I think the Comicsology app just wasn't wasn't loading on my iPad. And then later I'm like, I I tried on my phone and it worked. So I was like actually reading on my phone, <laughs> and and you know, there you know you you do want the guided viewing because you know it will get make it bigger so you can you know read it easier. So it's it's I, I like it and also you know, sometimes 
you get those those crazy page layouts. So it's like, wh- where are you supposed to read first? You know, it doesn't happen that often, but it, it's it's nice that it does guide you to where where you should go. Um. Okay. So that was from Brent. Um. You know, I think I'm gonna jump to the forums because I know we're behind there. Okay, so this is from Chatham96. He says, hello, or howdy, Comic Vine Podcast, a few random questions. This might have been already asked, and I'm not caught up in Superior Spider-Man, but if Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body was to run into a mind reader like Professor X, for example, would they be able to see that is not Peter inside of that body? So this did come up in, I think it was Avenging Spider-Man, before that converted to Superior Spider-Man team-up, where... uh, Spider-Man came into contact with the X-Men. I think Rachel Summers, Rachel Gray, um, was there. And he kind of, like, stay out of my mind type of thing. So, I, I obviously, if, if a mind reader could come in and and read his mind, and then all of a sudden it's like, Doc Ock's like, it's like oh, I'm better, and I'm, I'm going to improve the things I did before. You know, they would catch up, and they'd be like, what is your problem, Spider-Man? The bigger question, I guess the question would be, would they detect, because obviously... If obviously, because of, of course it's obvious, because we're talking about telepaths. Um, if if a telepath, if there's a, a person in a, in a crowded room, and l- let's let's say they're friends with Spider Man, they're like, "Where the heck is Spider Man?" And they're like looking, you know, oh, there he is. He's in the back corner by the the tray of cookies. Um, they would be able to find his mind. Now, if Superior Spider Man was in that crowded room and they're looking for him, they might be like, "The dude's not here. He said he was going to be here." Uh, you know. He, where is he at? Um, so they might be able to detect where it comes into the, the the big unknown is is it really Doc Ock's mind? And you know I don't want to go into my my conspiracy the- not conspiracy my my theory on that. But if it truly is Doc Ock's mind, it wouldn't be Peter's brainwave patterns. It wouldn't be his his thumbprint mind print that they would detect. So they, they would notice that, that this is somebody else's mind because I would think that they, they can distinguish between you know different people's thought patterns or just the way it works. Um, my question again is did Doc Ock was he did he really was he really able to put his mind into Spider-Man's body? I don't see how that works, how that's possible. My and to bring up my theory. I, and I, I'm pretty sure I think I wrote about this. I think that it is Peter Parker. He did not die. He did not switch bodies. But Doc Ock's brain patterns and memories were inserted into Peter's mind. He's being influenced by these. So he thinks he's really Doc Ock in his body, in Spider-Man's body. I don't see how you can transfer an entire essence because, you know, we're also, you know, if, if you want to get to it, we're talking about like, like Spider-Man's soul, you know, if you want to get, get to that level. So how could he completely transfer each one? And, you know, yeah, we're talking comic books and, you know, technology and not technology, but, you know, stuff can happen like that. So I, and I, I've kind of equated to like Peter Parker being drunk, you know, they say, that when you're drunk, when you're influenced by alcohol, you don't always make the best decisions. So it's possible that 
that Peter, the true Peter, is being influenced by Doc Ock's memories. So he thinks he's Doc Ock and he's doing things that he wouldn't normally do, but it's still really him. If that was the case, a telepath would say, okay, there's Peter. What's up with this Doc Ox mumble jumble going on? So <clears throat> it just depends on that. But I, I think that they, they would be able to detect that something was up. Um, question for Corey, which I will try to get this answer next time he's in. Um, it's a good question. Um, do you collect your own comics or do you just read an issue when you get it, get them and then put on a shelf at your store? Um, it may not be like proper etiquette for comic store owners to read a comic and put it on the shelf because you're supposed to be selling near, you know, as close to mint comics as you can. Obviously, they they need to look them over. Um, so they they you know when someone says, "Hey, what's good?" Was this you know? There's that. I do know that that Corey also um, occasionally he he does get comics off Comicsology. Um, there there's been some times where you know when he does his reviews. And he didn't get a chance to go. You know, he just not working, and you know, he's not going to take a trip out there just to you know pick a couple comics and then go back home to review. So I know he's he's read some on on Comicsology before, even though he owns a comic store. So um, I, I I'm not sure. I mean, that's that's a good question. If if he's still collecting, I, I would think maybe. Um, you know, he he probably gets a a, a nice employee discount since he co owns the store. But that that's a good question, so we will find out. Um, and then third question from Chatham96. Sadly, when a time comes in the future, and hopefully the very, very, very far future, when Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are done with their run on Batman, who would you like to take over as writer and artist? Um, yeah, so this is something that no one really wants to think about, and I, you know, DC probably doesn't want to think about it either. But at some point, you know, they're they're probably not going to be on forever. It would be nice, and I'll imagine if we had like a five year run or longer. Um, you know, these two on the book. You know, we have seen it before. You know, Mark, Mark Bagley and um, uh, Brian Michael Bendis. You know, they they were on Ultimate Spider Man for like the longest time. So it it would be awesome because you know with, with a title like that, it's like why would you want to leave? And you know with as as well as it's selling, you know, unless they they ever just feel like, you know, I I feel like I'm being stifled creative. You know, I I've only I've told all the Batman stories I can tell. I've drawn Batman as many times as you know I I I want to draw him. So there may be a, a time where they do want to move on. It would be heartbreaking, not really, but not heartbreaking. But it, you know, it'd be unfortunate. So I I don't know. But the question is, who should take over? What if Dan Slott took over? People would freak out. All the the, the, the haters that don't like what he's doing, they would flip out. Uh, I would be really curious to see what, what he would do with, with Batman. Uh, I don't think, you know, Spider-Man can be a goofy character. You know, there, there's, there's that, that underlying humor that's really essential to it. Even when you have someone like Doc Ock, you know, who's, more of a jerk or serious or angry or whatever, you know, there, there's still that element there with, with Batman, especially with the, you know, the direction of it, you know, we don't have that, but I, I, it would be interesting. I'm not saying he would be my, my top choice. Cause uh, you know, I, I would prefer Dan on a book where there is 
the opportunity for humor to be in there. And with Batman, yeah, you could put humor in there, but it would be, you know, kind of few and far in between. Um, so I, I don't know who I would, I would want, but whoever it is, they're going to have some big shoes to fill. I mean, that that's all I'll say. Um, but it can be done. I mean, if you look at Robert Venditti taking over um, Green Lantern from Jeff Johns, I mean, Jeff Johns wrote it for nine years. You know, he, he was writing Hell Jordan that long. And who would have thought that we could have such a seamless, you know, transition? Because, you know, Robert Venditti, I mean, he is, he's on fire with that book. I mean, he's, he's, doing crazy things, shaking things up and you know, it, it hasn't skipped the beat and you know, I, I'm, I'm still digging it. Do I miss Jeff Johns on Green Lantern? Yeah. Um, I, but I'm still, I'm loving the book and I, I couldn't be happier with, with him on there. I just, I don't know who I would want. You know, it's, it's almost like, like should Scott Snyder be able to appoint, you know, who takes over? I, I, I would, not want to be in that position, you know, if, if it's Mike Martz or Dan DeDio, or I don't know who would make that decision because if the wrong person was picked, man, that, that would, that would be hard. If uh, suddenly the sales started dropping and it's like, why did you put this person on the book? And you know, that would be bad. I, I, you know, I honestly, I don't know if I can answer that. I don't know who I would want. I'd have to really think about that. Um, because you know there there are other great you know current bat writers you know um i don't know but i'm going to pass i'm going to take the easy way out and say <laughs> i don't know um another question um chatham 96 forgot he had one more question if barry allen was wearing his flash ring and he was wearing a green lantern ring not if he's worthy to wear it just if he was wearing it and he pressed and activated the rings at the same time what do you think would happen? Well, um, the Green Lantern ring, he does, there's nothing to push because it's, it's all by mind. Um, the Flash ring, all it does is, in the old days, you know, it released the costume from inside. But now, I guess the costume is all the speed force, so he doesn't need to wear the ring, I think. Um, if he, you know, if we're, if we're talking about a traditional ring with the costume inside and he used... I maybe the question would would he put on a, a Green Lantern uniform or the Flash uniform? Um, I think he would just have both, and I, I think it would be the Green Lantern on top of the Flash costume. Maybe, yeah. So, but it, w- it would be funny. It's like the question is: Would he wear the rings on the same hand? Would he wear them on opposite hands? Would he wear them on the same finger? So there you go. Um, the clairvoyant says, "I was just wondering if any of you." have or had the album The Dark Saga by Iced Earth since it is a concept album about Spawn. It was released in 1996. Todd McFarlane did the cover art and it was available in comic stores. Um, I don't recall seeing that. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I see 96, I think I was still reading Spawn at the time because I, actually maybe not. I, I, I stopped reading Spawn around issue 100. I think maybe it was like issue 105 or maybe maybe it was like 107. doesn't matter. Um, so in the nineties, I'm trying to think if, if I was still reading that. I don't, I, I don't remember hearing that, you know, I, I know 
they did a I, there was I think was it a Pearl Jam video where they had like the same animation team that did the the HBO Spawn animated series, but I don't I I've never I do not know who Iced Earth is. Um, it's a concept album, yeah. So I don't and I I don't, I don't think Corey would have that. Matt maybe would have it, but probably not. I don't know if if Matt was into um, Spawn or not. Um, Royd Rage 11. This is his first post. Thank you for your post. I apologize. It's been almost two months. Royd Rage 11 since we've answered this. So here we go. I was wondering why no one is making a fuss about Marvel cancellations like Journey into Mystery and Venom, but having hissy fits when DC announces cancellations. Um, it's kind of a good point. Um, it may, you know, it might just come down to Marvel and DC having different core readers. You know, maybe they react differently, and and yeah, there's a lot of people who are are reading both. But I don't, and and you know, I, I hate to say it, like you know, Journey into Mystery. Um, not a whole lot of people are reading that. So, you know, you have that, that small vocal, vocal minority, 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 what the heck am I saying? So, you know, maybe we're just not hearing them, but at the same point, if, if a series gets canceled at, at DC, it's because of low sales. So, you know, there, there's not a lot of people that would be invested in that, that would complain about it. I think it it's more because... A lot of people really like to come down on DC. You know, there, there's still some people that are, and again, this is just my observations or, or my my theory. A lot of people are, are still upset about the new Fifty Two, and there's you know there's been the other occasional random you know editorial conflicts or this or that. So I, I it seems like. If a book gets canceled, you know, if a book gets canceled, it's because of low sales. That's not a good thing. So I, I think people just want to rub DC's face into it. Like, oh, there's another book that got canceled. Why'd that get canceled? Why'd they make a book with this character? Why didn't they use this character? Who are we all want to see? So I, th- I think it's, it's it's part of that where people just really want want to uh, focus on that. So like, like, for example, Vibe getting canceled. I liked Vibe. I, th- I thought it was a really fun book. Really curious where it was going. You know, Sterling Gates taking over. It's doing some some really interesting things, and it's unfortunate it got canceled. And you know, I know that there would be some people who are like, "Well, why did Vibe get his own book in the first place?" And the reason is because there was you know something to explore there. But I just think a lot of people didn't want to give it a chance. And you know, they're you know they're looking at who Vibe was before, and they're like, "I don't think I really care about that character," even though you know he was he was different. Um. But then, like Venom, it, it's it's maybe because like if something like Venom, we we have a feeling that he's going to pop up somewhere else. And also, it's it's kind of hard to say now, especially with with like all new Marvel now. These books are getting canceled. Are they going to come back? You know, like Scarlet Spider, that's getting canceled. Is this going to be the end of Kane? Is he going to pop up anywhere else? And you know, it's 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 really it. it you almost feel like that there's something else going on. Are they just going to relaunch it with a new number one? Because Marvel's been doing that a lot. So I think we're all kind of maybe holding on to the hope that maybe this isn't fully the end. You know, maybe in another month, 
two months, six months, it's going to come back with a fresh coat of paint, you know, new creative team or something. I'm, I'm assuming that, that that's what it is. Um, you guys, you know, feel free to comment what you think if, if there's, there's something else there. Um, Snarky Bits says, hi, old chaps. If you had the powers of Silver Surfer but could choose what your transportation would be, instead of a surfboard, what would it be? Also, what color would you be? You know, I don't know if I would want a surfboard because you'd have to stand the whole time. Um, you know, it might not be that that comfortable. And I guess, you know, your feet are kind of glued. So you, it's not like you have to constantly, you know, be aware of your balance the entire time. I would want something like I would want like a recliner chair. So, you know, you can sit up if you want. You can, you know, recline it back. You can, you know, practically be laying flat, you know, and rest. I want to be the, the silver recliner. Would I go silver? Maybe silver. Um, actually, the, the, the problem with silver is how reflective is the silver surfer? So if he's like at the beach, which he was in Cataclysm, or if, you know, if it's a sunny day, that's going to suck for everyone around. They're going to be blinded by the glare. I would not want to be silver because then you know people would be like ticked at you all the time. They wouldn't be able to look at you in the face. And you'd be like, hey, I'm trying to tell you a story and you're looking the other way. What's up? You know, um, I think I would go with the dark recliner because you know, that way you can be kind of stealthy, <laughs> a stealthy recliner. <laughs> I want I want to see that dance lot introduce the dark recliner. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Snarky Bits said he would choose a monster truck. Or the Trouble Bubble from G.I. Joe. As for color, it would go with bluish green. So that could go well. But see, the problem with bluish green, what if you need to go to a formal situation? So see, that's where the dark or the black would come in because it's like you're in you know, formal attire. So <laughs> move on. Um, Brian Laborda, La- Laborda, sorry. Says, I've only recently gotten to comics because of New 52, and I wanted to catch up on past storylines that I can get in single collection trade. But I have a pretty long list for DC Batman, Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, Killing Joke, etc., Superman Birthright, Red Sun, Secret Identity, etc. But not so much for Marvel. What past Marvel storylines do you guys think are on par with those I've listed for DC? To help narrow down I, uh, into the following characters, feel free to recommend any you think outside this list. I do want to say what's interesting with um, your DC list is you're you're catching up on stories that are pre New Fifty Two that kind of I mean you can kind of say don't matter they do matter because obviously they're they're great stories and they're important but they they don't matter in terms of the current continuity in some cases it may have still happened or shaped the character but I, I just think that's an interesting thing um, I'm not trying to turn your mind against that. So let's see, um, essential readings for Thor. Thor is a, a tough one. Um, check out the, the three-minute expert video that I did for Thor so you can see like his history. Um, his, his last series, uh, before, not, not the Mighty Thor, but the one before you might want to check out. Um, I'm trying to think of any like essential Thor stories because you know there, there's just been a bunch here or there 
I can't think of any like like a a specific story arc or anything because there have been so many times where you know people have died, Odin's died, Thor's died, Loki's died, they come back. Um, but I I would say like the the recent not that's not, not that recent. It's the um the series from was it two thousand two thousand seven. Um, I'd say if if you can find that, who wrote that? Was it Straczynski? I think. Um, yeah, try to try to check that out. Um, it was I think Olivia Coipel was writing that. It's uh, let's see how many issues. I'm gonna try to look this up real quick. There was oh actually, I don't know how many issues because they changed the numbering on this. Um, I, I had a feeling it was like 30 issues or maybe it was, it was less. Um, but yeah, I maybe start there. Cause you know, you could dive back, but there's so much to try to catch up on. Um, uh, let's see. Where did that go? Um, Avengers, uh, depending on how far back you want to go with them going to uh, disassembled. That's a good place to start to see. How you know everything started falling apart and coming back together? Um, X Men, X Force, X anything. Oh man, you're making this tough. Um, I would say I, I I love the the Chris Claremont, John Byrne X Men. That might be going back too far, but you know Death of um, Phoenix. That that was you know a big story. Um just like the Genosha stuff or the, the, when they're, they're, they're in Australia with the Reavers. Um, God, there's, there's, it's, it's like, there's so much X-Men history crammed into, you know, such, you know, short times that like so much has happened. Um, in humans, there is a inhuman miniseries at the Paul Jenkins one. i check that out. Daredevil. Um, I, and this has come up before, you know, his, Previous uh, series, when Kevin Smith started, you know, I would go with that because you know Brian Bendis's Daredevil was good, um, and Brew Baker, you know, you want to check all that out, and of course, you know, all of Mark Wade's current series. So, I don't know if I really specifically answered your questions, but there's so much um, that that's a good and a bad thing when you know if you're just starting is you have so much that you could read. There's so many great stories available that, you know, you're, you're not going to be at a loss of reading great comics for a long time. Um, David Cradle Phil. I have a theory I'd like an opinion on. The reason we haven't seen Wally West is because he's dead, but as a reverse flash, his father is going to go back in time to save him. Possibly, even causing Wally to get powers. Thoughts? Well, this was a month and 25 days ago, so we know who the reverse Flash is, we know his story, and we know that his motivations is not about Wally. Um, That would be interesting. You know, I would almost take Wally in any way we could get him. If, you know, so here's what I'm saying, um, Mr. DC, whoever's listening, if it, it's going to take a tweak to his history, his origin to get him back, I would be fine with that. Um, and, you know, I've said this before. 
I would have been fine if instead of Bart Allen and Teen Titans, I've got to watch what I'm saying now. If if that was Wally, you know, if if he was DH a little bit, and you know, if he wasn't like good friends, or best friends with Dick Grayson because of age difference, I would I would be willing to make that sacrifice if it meant having him back. Um, I I do think you know he's got to come back at some point. You know, we have Stephanie Brown coming back, so you know there there's one little victory for us. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time, and and that's why. I am not, you know, I never raised my pitchforks again. You know, where's Wally? You know, I bring it up all the time. I joke about it, but I think he's going to come back at some point when the time is right, when they have the right story, they'll, they'll do it. Um, right now it kind of doesn't make sense to have Barry Allen, Wally West. And, you know, we got Bart Allen, you know, we're, we're finding out more stuff about him. His, his history is changing. I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, the, the glimpse we got was in the last issue of teen Titans, um, 24 I, I i think there is something mentioned there so um wally west is still in london um is he alive we don't know if he exists or not you know we're just gonna have to wait wait and see what they do um man minute 117 like cast missed other guys but very solid okay thanks um cantrip so i have a question a small rant and one I've been struggling with. Before I got back into comics 2009, I was a big DC fan. A friend suggested that I cosplay Ragdoll from Secret Six since we were doing a DC-only cosplay group. While researching the character, I got hooked on the book and Gail Simone's writing. By proxy, I started digging into uh, more into DC's characters and stories and feeling invested but lost. So the New 52 came around. I thought it was my chance to give DC a real chance and impress me, especially with Batwoman finally getting her own book. Two years into the New 52, I'm now wondering why I'm even reading the publisher at all. All of the knockout books I came into DC to enjoy have not matured or even left a lasting iconic impression on me as a must-read, with the exception of Animal Man and Batwoman. The controversy involving creators dropping off and coming onto books, the events that break the stories apart, ignore the outlier, um, outlier titles... Um, Animal Man, Batwoman, Movement, Green Team, etc. And the fact that DC has metaphorically killed... Um, hope in one of their titles, try not to s- spoil. When making decisions about what books to read or drop, I try to step back and determine if I'm actually enjoying the book or if I'm reacting to how the rest of the internet is reacting. I started feeling this way around the time of Gail Simone's firing, rehiring, and about a year later, I'm still feeling the same way and keep dropping off DC book after DC book for my pull list. So sadly, I think after Batwoman 24, I'm dropping... All of my remaining New 52 books with the exception of Animal Man. And if it doesn't look at like DC starts allowing that book to grow beyond threats to the red or story arcs, then it's going to get dropped too. Sad, but honestly, I see Marvel, Dark Horse, Vertigo, Image, Valiant, and even Aspen, don't read them though, evolving and doing great things with their titles. But DC seems determined to meld all their IP into one dark and very hopeless and loveless world. I read books about capes for inspirations when I'm feeling down and beaten, but I can't say a single DC book has been able to have that effect on me. Long-winded, um, I apologize. I was wondering if you, the rest of the staff, have found yourselves having to make the hard call of walking away from publishers' entire lines during the business decisions editorial changes. Um, if so, what labels and why? I'm also wondering if you all think my decision is too harsh. I feel weird about ditching the line because Batwoman was the last straw, but I'm also looking at two years of $40 a month of my money and no desire to go back to read a single issue after my first read. Thanks. Um, and then Cantrell says, PS, I know Vertical is DC, but they're creator owned kind of, 
Um, and that's subject, same continuity and editorial decisions. Vertigo still get my money. I've, I don't think I've ever walked away entirely from a publisher. Um, and you know, it, I, I couldn't see walking away from Marvel or DC. You know, I, I am just too invested with the characters. There are some books that, you know, I will, will drop. Um, but the, the thing with, with Batwoman, it's, I, I understand the frustration with that. I know, you know, that book was really solid for what it was. I would, would say, you know, wait, give Mark and Draco a couple, you know, issues to see how, how it goes. Um, there's going to be the frustration, you know, we, and again, we don't know the whole story uh, as to why things happen. You know, we, we tend to get just, you know, bits and pieces, whatever is publicized or not. So, you know, I'm, I'm still going to check it out and it could be good. It could be not good, but you know, if, if you really do like the character and you know, if you've been doing, I understand your frustration again, but you know, maybe give it a couple more, you know, issues to see how it goes rather than just say, you know, I'm done. I mean, unless, unless, you know, maybe it is the time for you to move on to, to, you know, something else. So I don't know. Um, I do like the new 52 in some ways and, and yeah, there's, there's other ways that I, I don't like it, but it's just, you know, you, you have to make your, your own decisions. Um, and you know, there, sometimes your personal taste changes or, or just maybe it's just not working for you, and and that's fine. You know, I'm I'm loving Batman. You know what's what's happening there. You know, I I enjoy the other stuff. I I you know loved Flash. What's going to happen when when Francis and Brian leave? I don't know. I'm not going to drop the title just because you know they they feel it's time for them to move on. You know, you can't fault creators for for wanting to leave a book. Um. But then there's there's other things where yeah there are, are some books where I'm not really sure what the editorial decision you know direction is I'm not not really digging that but I don't know it you just have to kind of pl- let it play out see what happens if you are gonna walk away I would say you know don't walk too far away you know try to keep an eye on what's going on you know whether it's message boards or whatever you know try to try to get a feel because there could be a title that that you don't dig, and then all of a sudden something happens and it just starts exploding. So you know you want to be able to, to jump back in quickly, rather than you know find out like a year after the fact that like oh I you know wish I would have been reading this. So I don't know. It, it's it it can be hard when characters we like completely change. And you know like going back to Superior Spider Man, I I totally understand some people, you know, aren't crazy about that. I think it's an interesting story to see how it's going to play out. Um, but it is unfortunate that, you know, something like the green team, I thought that was a fun book and, you know, it, it, it almost feels like it didn't quite get a chance to, to build up its own legs because it's not, it's not Batman. It's not super, you know, it's not one of the, the big characters. It's, you know, it's something newish and, you know, how much attention was it given so I don't know. It's it can be a bummer. You know, we're we're so invested in comics, and we don't always understand why decision. You know, why things are are happening, and and you just have to make that the decision. So I I commend you on taking a stand and doing that. And you know, that's what people need to do. If if you're not liking a book, 
don't put yourself through misery and, you know, just become so jaded, you know, if, if you're reading something you don't like. But hopefully things will, will change. <coughs> um, okay, let's see. Mick Big says, hey, everyone, <laughs> except for it's just me. I love the show and finally have thought of some questions I think would be interesting to hear from you guys. But it's just going to be me. Sorry. Um, I recently got the absolute long Halloween, and I know Tim Sale is colorblind. But do you know if there are any superheroes who are colorblind? Um, also, rereading the story, I've noticed Two-Face is probably my favorite Bat villain. So I was wondering, who is yours and why? Um, as far as colorblind superheroes, I don't know if that's ever um, been mentioned before. You know, you, one way you can kind of look at, um, it's not necessarily colorblind, but like, what about Cyclops? You know, he... He has to live his life looking through the ruby quartz glasses or goggles or visor. So everything he sees has a red tint. It's not quite the same, but, you know, he and, – and my understanding of, you know, people who are colorblind, they, they have to learn – you know, they, they, can, they can tell different colors. They just learn from the different shading of it. So it's, it's not like – you know, it, it's not like everything is black and white, I believe. You know, I'm not an expert on, on colorblindness, but I, I can't think of any character that is colorblind. I guess maybe if there's anyone with a really gaudy costume. Um, as far as favorite Bat villain, you know, it's it's hard not to say Joker. Um, but I don't know if he's my favorite villain because he's not a villain that I want to see used over and over again. The more he's used, the less um, – not special. You can't say the Joker's special. But, you know, he kind of loses the impact. You know, he, he's, he's one that should come in on, on big stories and, you know, big, do big things rather than just do some little little caper and then, you know, go out back to jail or to asylum or wherever. So, oh, let's see. Uh, sorry, big stretch there. Um and you know, if if I send someone like Catwoman, you know, I really, really like Catwoman. Is she really a villain? Sometimes she is, sometimes she's not. Um, but I, I might go with her. Rachel Ghoul, I think, is is a f- interesting, fascinating character with his ideal and just everything at his disposal. And then you know, with the the League of Assassins, all that. Um, I might go with Rache. You know, Rache or Catwoman. I would say, you know, Catwoman. I don't. I don't see her as, as a full-on villain i mean like you know she could kind of be like an anti-hero i don't know so let's just go with Raish rather than just sitting here listen to me um hem and haw uh jp gamer 3500 another first post congratulations and again apologies for taking so long but that's why i'm trying to get through some of these questions so you don't have to wait Forever and ever. Um, I unfortunately had to give up buying comics due to a loss of income, but I love my local comic shop, and the staff was always really good to me. I was wondering if Corey or anyone else know of a good way I could continue to support my favorite store until my wallet recovers enough to start buying regularly again. Uh, I would just say, you know, maybe 
you still visit the comic store when you can, you know, and I, I understand that, you know, if you don't have the money to continue reading, you know, weekly, maybe, you know, you, you can go in, get a, a trade once in a while, you know, even if it's just that, you know, if it's like 10 bucks a month, you know, that, that will help the store. Tell your friends, um, let other people know if, if anyone says, Hey, you know, you know, or just to say, if, Hey, if you ever, you want to check the store out, you know, even if they're not reading comics, you know, try to try to go there or, you know, maybe you go there, you buy an action figure or, you know, something, you know, smaller, you know, anything like that. I'm sure that that's just a way that you can still support them. I mean, or else you offer to clean their windows. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's really not, not much else you can do. You know, they're, they're not going to take volunteer work. You know, they're not going to say, Hey, if you need help unloading your comics, you know, they would probably want to avoid that. Um, but I would just say, you know, try to go in when you can. And, you know, depending on, on a relationship you had with like the, the store employees, you know, you can just say, Hey, you know, I haven't been in here as much as I used to, you know, I, I you know, it's my income, you know, right now I can't do it, but just go in occasionally and, you know, try to pick up something if, if you can, but that's really all you can do. And obviously, you know, you're, you, you can't like not pay your rent or, you know, not, not buy food in order to, to support them. You know, you need to support yourself first and, you know, they're going to understand. They're not going to get mad at you or anything like that. It's like, there was that guy, that JP gamer guy. He's come in. He's a jerk. He's not buying comics from us anymore. So, um, travel 8182 says, what else worlds or what if universe stories would you like to read a sequel to stuff like dark Knight returns or dark Knight strikes again? Never happened. Red Sun, what if Scarlet Spiders killed Spider-Man? What if Electred lived? Mine would be Superman speeding bullets, where he tells the story of what would happen if the infant Superman had been found by the Waynes of Gotham instead of the Kents of Kansas. I always liked the um another or the nail. Um it was a Else World book. They they did a sequel, Another Nail. Um part of it is I I love Ellen Davis. I think I've said that before. Um, so that that was one that immediately comes to mind. Um, as far as other ones, there's there's been there's been so many. The the problem with having especially with the what if the the problems with trying to do a sequel is usually the what ifs end horribly or something completely. Everyone dies, and you know there's really not much you can do with that. Um, so yeah, nothing else off the top of my head comes up. The um, I I want to say like we're was it Batman became a Green Lantern, but I don't think that ended well either. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, what are some of your guys' favorite comic book origins of all time and in recent years? What are your opinions on how comic origins are now told? How they were told in the old days, and do you think they're better or worse? In my opinion, I think comic book origins have gotten too blotted and prolonged. Ultimate Spider-Man is one of my favorite comic books run of all time. But I couldn't stand it. it. Took Ben to six months to tell origin story that Stan and Steve's told in 15 pages, which is far better story. <clears throat> um, in 15 pages, he gave Spidey's entire backstory, explained all his powers, introduced most of his supporting cast, and gave his mission statement. Um, yeah, in the old days, there is like like nothing. I think like Superman's origin was like a page, like you know, just like six panels or something like that. And I Batman, um, so he appeared in Detective 27. There was no origin when Batman first came on. He was just he was Batman. And, you know, he was just this dark vigilante. And I, I think it wasn't until, like, issue 33, Detective Comics 33. I, I could be wrong. I think that's where we 
they first, I was going to say we first saw it. I didn't see it back then. Um, I think that's when they, they first showed, you know, his parents. I don't even think they had names back then. His parents getting killed and then, you know, Batman vowing vengeance to, um, or not vengeance, he vowing to avenge his parents. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's weird that in the old days they're just super brief. It's like, boom, this is where they are, go. Um, but at, at the same time, like, zero year is that it's it's not necessarily an origin story for for Batman but I I am digging where what it's doing is fleshing things out so I do agree in some cases it it does get a bit crazy and and yeah ultimate spider-man I love this series it was kind of weird that it took so long you know it was so many issues before we even saw him get spider powers but at the same time it fleshes them out I guess it depends also like how long you know, are are you in it for the long haul? Are are you able long haul? Are you able to just sit back and wait for that? But um and it's it's also weird that that the the origins are getting more convoluted when I don't understand when I say people's attention spans are getting shorter, you know, but with with the how people are, are so used to getting immediate results, you know, because of Google, you know, what they call MTV generations, you know, we we want things right away. So, you know, if if something's gonna take you know, six months or longer, that, that's, too, that's too much. There should be, I, I, I don't want just like a, a six panel origin, but at the same time, it shouldn't be six months. So, um, third thing, I heard you guys talk about Zorn last week. Just wondered if you could explain that character to me. Um, Corey did that before. So, um, I'm not gonna go into that. Um, <laughs> love the podcast. Can't wait to Hear my email read six to eight weeks from now if I'm lucky. And sorry for any grammar mistakes. I did this on my phone. So there you go, Travel. Hope you enjoyed that and hope you caught the, the Zorn stuff. I don't even want to go over that. Um, Stetson says, this. so this is a month, 18 days ago. Salt Lake City had its first ever Comic-Con last week and it was awesome. 80,000 people showed up, sold out. Would have been bigger. Broke a couple records. Biggest um, conventions biggest first convention of any kind um okay uh now next question would it be probable that you guys might come to salt lake comic-con next year or something in the future also assuming the answer is no i'd love to do videos um so the thing i i've, I've had a couple people ask about this so it's the fourth largest um first comic-con i guess um I'm assuming I've had a, uh, like two or three different people and it's not the same person. Um, I know one person apparently got angry that I went to Rose city and not salt Lake city, but you know what, what it comes down to is, so I've mentioned this before. I'm, I'm, I will have gone to 10 shows this year. I have long beach comic con, um, in a, in a few weeks. I, one, I, I cannot go to every single convention. And two, it's like we, we can't cover every single convention. You know, it, it does cost, you know, to fly out, stay in hotels and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but the other thing is like, honestly, I hadn't heard anything about Salt Lake City Comic Con before. Um, you know, sometimes people reach out. Like us in Long Beach, we're going to be doing some stuff which we haven't announced yet. There will be an announcement to, to explain further than that. But, you know, sometimes the, the convention people reach out or other times, you know, like like San Diego or New York, they're like, hey, 
you know, it's time to register, you know, hey, press, come, you know, come check this out. So sometimes it's, it's a matter of, of the convention itself getting the word out. Cause you, and I mentioned this before. At the beginning of the year, I had literally, literally seven-page printout of every single convention from this year. I mean, it, it's crazy how many conventions there are. There's, there's conventions, you know, and they, they vary in, in sizes. So I don't remember if Salt Lake City was on that list. It might have been, but it wasn't on my radar. So if, if this was so successful, then yeah, maybe next year it could be a possibility. But it, a large part also depends on who's going to be there, you know, what, what guests. Because, you know, we focus on doing the interviews um, with the creators. And, you know, like Fan Expo, that's another one. We haven't gone to Fan Expo, and that's like, you know, a pretty big show these days. Almost went this year, but at last minute I decided not to. Um, so it, it just depends. And and now that I've heard about the success of Salt Lake City, we'll see. Um, this is going to be the last question. Um, and I, sorry, this is a shorter podcast, but hopefully you've been digging it with just me. Um, one Wanda Goreborn says in an episode of Big Bang Theory last year, Sheldon Howard's parking spot was at the corner lot that served the low building and Bendis building. Um, you know, I remember that episode. I maybe I remember that. I don't know if I, I caught. I would think I would have caught that, but I totally forgot if if I did catch it. Um, if you had a chance to plant comic related Easter eggs in a movie or TV show, how would you do it? I'd like to have a character walk through a downtown arts district and pass a, a master's gallery with a sign indicating that burn design was upstairs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best way to do it. You do it subtly, whether it's street names or stores or, and you know, you don't want it to be too obvious. Cause then it's like, Hey, look at this. But you know, the, the, I think the, the more fun Easter eggs are the subtle ones that you kind of catch a glimpse, you know, like, seeing THX 1138 on a license plate and, you know, uh, Indiana Jones and a temple of doom or, you know, club Obi-Wan, you know, I don't know why I'm picking on that movie. Um, but yeah, you don't want to be too in your face cause then it feels too forced, but it, it's neat. Like there's some Easter eggs in, in Arkham city's origin. And, you know, I would say it's not really a big spoiler. There's a Zatanna poster. There's a spoiler. That's not really a spoiler. So it, it's cool to see little things like that. Um, that's how you should do them. All right. I'm going to end this podcast for this week. Next week, fingers crossed, we'll all be back on schedule. Things will be normal. Corey will be here, and we'll see what else happens. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have questions, we are now on the final, the last page. So we're catching up on, on a general or not on a podcast forum, so you can ask questions there. Um, send your emails. We'll do more emails next week. And we'll be back with some more stuff. So thank you and have a great weekend and a great week. Mm